Today's Bible reading is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 12 to 15. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of the animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Maria. Let's pray that God will speak to us through this passage. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks that you are a gracious and loving God who has created us to be loved by you, to enjoy the good things that you've given us, uh, to live and rule the world as you would have us. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, help us to know what it means to rest in you and carry this rest even into our workplaces this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You probably know this um, quote, uh, the famous quote by Thomas Edison, genius is 99% perspiration and 1% inspiration. And uh, Thomas Edison was one who actually lived this out. He worked really, really hard. He was known to have worked for over 100 hour a week. He demanded others who worked for him to work a similar schedule. He was known to conduct job interviews at 4 a.m. in the morning. He thought that rest was enemy of productivity um, and uh, sleep a complete waste of time. Could you imagine having Thomas Edison as your boss? Well, thankfully, he's not our boss. In fact, God who rules the universe, um, the God who loves for us to rest is our boss. God rules the world. And God has built a natural rest sleep cycle for us, 79 hours. We have to rest every day. And it wasn't just a daily schedule. He actually has built us with the weekly cycle of rest as well, the Sabbath day. Today we'll see why, why God has created rest and how we ought to keep it and what it means uh, that Jesus is now here, what Sabbath means in the light of Jesus. The fourth commandment to rest on the Sabbath day is one of the most repeated commands in the Bible. It's actually repeated again and again. The prophets repeated again and again. But it's also uh, repeated again and again because it's one of the most broken commands as well. People ignore the Sabbath day even from the very beginning. But why does God create Sabbath? Why does he command us to rest? Well, there are two places in the Bible where the Ten Commandments are recounted. Once in Exodus chapter 20 and another time in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And they actually give us slightly two different pictures, two different reasons why we ought to rest. Look at Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. 
The beginning part is actually almost exactly like the Deuteronomy passage that we just read. But the very end, the reason for Sabbath is slightly different in Exodus. He writes, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. We rest because God has created us. And God set the example of rest for us. And He commands us to rest. We rest because we have a creator God. We have one who created the whole world and who sustains it. We are not the masters of our own universe. We are not the ones creating our future. It's God who's created the whole earth. God who has given us the whole earth and God who set the example of rest and says, you ought to rest following my example. In a way, if you think about it, the fourth commandment is the oldest command in the Bible, isn't it? Remember, Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. They, cre- they were pinnacle of God's creation. They opened their eyes, and they saw all the good things that God has created, created the pristine world, the world that God called very good. And the first thing that they did when they opened their eyes from their sleep or whatever, they enjoy the goodness of God's creation. God told them to rest and enjoy all these good things that I have given you. That's the first thing that they did. And imagine the eighth day when they went to work. Wouldn't wouldn't they have carried some of that rest with them? They would have gone to work knowing that it's not their world. It's God's world that God has created. They went knowing that the strength that they have to work is given by God. The mind that they have to work is given by God. That the whole world was God's and not their own. That they were mere stewards of God's good creation. They would have worked differently. They would have worked knowing that bit of rest. Knowing that God is our creator and sustainer. William Henley, in that famous poem, Invictus, wrote, I am the master of my fate, captain of my soul. He's wrong. God is the master of this world, and he is the captain of our soul. And the Sabbath is a reminder, weekly reminder, that God has built in to say, you are not the master of your world. You do not create your own future. I do. I am the master of this world, and I have given this gift to you so that you could rest. You could be reminded of who I am. And if we can't rest, it's a confession of our unbelief. It's a confession of our unbelief that God is the one who has created the world, who sustains the world. It's a confession of our unbelief, thinking that we are the one who determine our future. So friends, how much do you worry about your future? Is that why you can't rest? You don't have to worry about what you will eat and wear tomorrow. This is not our problem. We're not starving here. God has given us enough. We can rest. And if you don't believe me, give it a try. Give it a try. Take a day to rest. See how God will provide for you, provide a future for you. Give that day to the Lord. And when we turn to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy gives a slightly different reason for resting. 
chapter 5, verse 15, uh, 15 uh, uh, all the way to the end. Look at the reason. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you. Although the command is the same, rest, the beginning part is almost identical to Exodus, the reason is different. The emphasis here is on your deliverance. God, with his outstretched arm, he has delivered you. He has rescued you from slavery. The emphasis is that we have a God, a rescuer, someone who's rescued us from slavery. Remember, Israelites in Egypt, for 400 years, they worked seven days, 52 weeks a year. No holiday, no paid vacations. They had to work because they were slaves. They were beholden to their master. Their masters didn't want them to rest. Back in the ancient days, it wasn't, rest wasn't given to everybody. The rest was given to the upper class who could rest. Slaves, women, children, people who worked, they worked constantly. There was no day of rest. Out of that slavery, God says, I have rescued you. You are no longer a slave. You are my children whom I have rescued. Slaves also worked because their worth was tied to what they made, the number of bricks that they produced, or the money that they produced. We think similarly, don't we? Hong Kong has always been a place of market. It's a marketplace, and we can't seem to escape our culture, our founda uh, founding here. We seem to always measure our sense of worth by what we produce, how much money we make, how we compare with others. It's as if we're still slaves, slaves to money, slaves to status, slaves to these things that drive us. Church, remember that God has delivered you with his out mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember, the Lord your God delivered you with the nails in his outstretched arms to make you his own. Therefore, observe the Sabbath day. Friends, we aren't slaves anymore. Sabbath isn't another burden, another thing that we have to keep as a Christian. No, it's a sign of our freedom. When everybody else is beholden to idols that constantly drive you towards these things, when everybody else is working for these false gods that enslave them, we have a God who has freed us. We have a God that says, I love you and I will take care of you. You are mine and I want you to rest a day a week. God is our master. We have a different God. God is our master. And as a sign that we have a different God, that we worship this God and not another idol, we rest. Imagine in, in the ancient world, this really made you stand out. Everybody else, once again, worked seven days a week. Everybody else worked seven days a week. And if you stopped to rest, it made you stand out. It made you distinct as God's people. And it should make us distinct as God's people, as people who know this rescuer God, who has given us freedom and who gives us rest. And this is why also it's uh, wrong to rest, to recharge only. 
you know, some people think that we need to rest so that we can work harder the next, the, the, this coming week. Once again, that, that, you see how, how, how wrong that is. We don't rest simply to work harder this coming week. No, we rest so that we can reorientate ourselves towards our rescuing God. To, to say that actually I am his and not the world's. God gave us rest as a sign of our freedom. We, 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 we weekly we remind ourselves that we are his and not the world's. And this doesn't mean that Sabbath will have no cost. Actually, sometimes it will cost us things, right? If you don't work when everybody else works, well, you'll miss out on that money that you will gain when you could have worked. If you don't study, if you're a study or if you're a student or something, if you don't study that one week, one day of a week, you will miss out on getting a slightly higher grade. You will miss out. And there have been people, um, you, you might have seen chariots of fire, you might miss out on Olympic medals by resting on the Sabbath day. There might be a cost to this. But what we're saying when we miss out on those things, what we're saying to the world and to ourselves is that those things are not our gods. Those things are not the ones that have rescued us. Those things are not our creator. They're not the ones that are sustaining us. It's God who does. And I trust in him. It's okay to lose out in these things because we have a God with us. And I am his. So we rest, reminding ourselves that we have a God who has rescued us. But you might ask, well, practically though, what does it mean? How do we keep uh, the Sabbath? What does it mean? What are we supposed to do? Well, let me start where the uh, command in verse, uh, verse 13 starts in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 13. We need to prepare to, uh, to rest by working. <laughs> verse 13 says, six days you shall labor and do all your work. Six days, we work. That's, how, that's one of the, re- the ways that we prepare to rest, by working for six days. It is difficult to set apart a whole day of resting when you have wasted the other six days. When you have, I don't know, watched Netflix all day or something. It's hard to give a day to the Lord when you actually have wasted the other days. Right? It is difficult most of you work five or five and a half days. Can I ask you to think about devoting that one day, you know, that sixth day, that half a day to do all your chores, to do the laundry, to do the shopping, to pay, pay your bills or whatever, so that you can actually seize. So you can actually rest on the seventh day. Uh, paying the bills and doing chores and all those things is work. It's work that, you know, some mothers get, don't get paid to do, but it's work. It, it, it is work. But Sabbath literally means to stop. In order to stop, in order to be able to stop working, we need to work for six days. And we need to plan to make the day different. Today's special. Sorry. What, it, what does it mean to keep it holy? To keep the Sabbath holy. What does it mean to make it holy? Well, it means to make the day different. Well, how do you make any day special? How do you make any day different? Well, what do you do on your birthday? You get a cake and people give you a card or, you know. That, that's what, ma- what makes your birthday special. Um, uh, for mid-autumn, what do you do? You gather together with your family. 
you have a nice meal together. That's what makes mid-autumn special. How do we keep, uh, for me, uh, for my anniversary, um, we go to uh, Ritz-Carlton uh, the, the, for high tea. It's our tradition. It's, uh, I, when I, on the day that I proposed to Mary, we went to um, uh, the high tea. And so this is our annual tradition. It makes, it makes the day special. We don't think about Sabbath day. We don't say just, uh, we, we don't just say, oh, I think that this day is special by making, uh, we don't make it special by thinking that it's a special day. You do have to, you have to do something different to keep the Sabbath special. Um, so what should you do? What should you do? Well, you're off to a good start. Those of you who are watching, those of you who are here, well, you make it special by worshiping God, to gathering to worship. Um, from the very early on, I mean, it, it, back in uh, the Jewish people worshipped. They had a nice meal on Friday evening, Shabbat dinner, and on Saturday morning, they gathered in their synagogues and worshipped. And God's people continued to gather on the Lord's Day, on Sunday morning, to worship our God, to reorientate our lives towards our good creator and rescuer. But what about the rest of the day? What will you do for the rest of the day? You might be asking, can I watch some TV? Can I play some video games? Can I cook? Can I do some shopping? Can I take a nap? Well, I'm not going to give you a list of approved and disapproved lists. Um, that's the job of a Pharisee and not me. Um, as we'll see soon, Christians are given a degree of freedom. But there is things that are wise to do and not wise to do. And when we plan, we must plan with the purpose of Sabbath in mind. It's a day to reorientate our lives towards God. Uh, the goodness of God, the sustainer God, our rescuing God. For me, it's slowing down. I take my Sabbath on Tuesdays. Um, so if you text me or whatever on Tuesdays, I might not get back to you <laughs> uh, soon. Um, it, for me, it's slowing down and reading the Bible a little longer, praying a little bit longer. For me, it's going out on hiking, uh, hiking, especially to Saikung. And when I see Saikung, the, 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 the turquoise water and the glistening sun, I mean, it reminds me of God's goodness. It reminds me that actually I live in God's good creation, that I'm part of his good creation. It's him who sustains the world. It reorientates me towards him. I sometimes have people over for dinner, have good for dinner with good friends and family. That reorientates me towards God. Yes, God has brought these relationships to my life, and I get to enjoy his goodness through all of you, through my friends and family. It's different for all of us. What reminds you of God's goodness? That you are part of God's good creation. That God has given you all these good things for you to enjoy. That he has rescued you. That you are, you are his. Reading a good book, taking a good nap, exercising, eating good food. I don't know. Do those things. And as you do them, thank God for them. Look to God who has given you those things. And stay away from things that work. That's striving. That's uh, something that makes you more productive. That's not rest. You might be thinking, Hugh, you can do that. You can take a whole day off, but I'm really busy. 
well, my boss, my family, my situation, exams coming up, I can't take a whole day to rest. I understand. Everybody has, everybody's situation is different. So there are seasons in our life where it is actually really difficult um, to rest. But take a moment, wherever you are, take a moment, an hour, two, three hours. If you can take an afternoon off, please do that. Because we are not slaves we are not beasts of burden. We're not machines created to work. No, we're God's good creation. We're God's rescued people who, who live in relationship with him. One writer says, we talk about keeping the Sabbath, but the Sabbath will keep you. Keeping the Sabbath will keep you living rightly in this world. And we keep the Sabbath holy. And while keeping the Sabbath, think of Jesus. Remind you yourself of Jesus. First, because remembering Jesus will help us, will free us from legalism, from becoming legalistic. As you see, Sabbath was there to remind you that every day was God's. Right? Once again, if you go back to Adam and Eve, resting on that seventh day, they go back to the work, work week, working week, being reminded that every day is God's, that they have given this gift um, uh, every day, gift of each day. Uh, and Jesus, by fulfilling the law, um, made it unnecessary for us to be bound to a specific day. So Christians felt free to change the Sabbath day. You know, Jewish people keep the Sabbath on Friday night and Saturday, until Saturday night. But uh, Christians started to worship Jesus on the Lord's Day, on Sunday morning, uh, in remembrance of the resurrection day, and how Jesus rose again from the dead and defeated death. Paul writes in Colossians, for example, Therefore, do not, ju do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink with regard to religious festival, a new moon a celebra celebration, on a, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. If we are in Christ, if we can find rest in Christ, we can bring that rest to each day. It doesn't matter which day that we keep. And also, it doesn't, our Sabbath keeping, because Jesus fulfilled the law for us, it doesn't um, determine our standing before God. And this is not by, uh, we don't judge each other um, by how well we keep the Sabbath day. But having said that, Jesus told his disciples that Sabbath was made for you. It's made for men, not men for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for us. It's given us, it's given to us as a gift. Remember, God did not need to rest, but he rested for us. God commanded us to worship him weekly. And Christians have throughout the centuries have found wisdom in resting one day a week. Keeping it is good for us. It keeps us alive, free. Secondly, remembering Jesus, uh, Jesus in the Sabbath means that remembering that Jesus has provided this Sabbath for all of us. At the end of chapter 2, where Jesus says Sabbath is made, man, made for man and not man for Sabbath, um, he says that he's, he declares himself the Lord of the Sabbath. And in chapter 3, the first thing that he does is this, there, there's this story 
of how he provides Sabbath for this man. This man had a shriveled hand, and he was, he was there with Jesus. And everybody's watching Jesus to see whether Jesus will work by healing his hand or not. Everybody's watching closely. So Jesus asked, which is lawful, lawful on the Sabbath to do good or evil, to save life or to kill it? And the Pharisees remained silent. Jesus heals this man's hand. And he gives life to, his, to him. He gives rest to his pain, to his suffering. He gives rest and he brings himself, him to himself. But that was, of course, just a preview of what he would do on this greater Sabbath day. He would die to give us life. On that Friday, he died, and he spent his Sabbath on Friday, Saturday, all the way to Sunday morning. He dies for us. When we were fearful, worshiping all sorts of idols, that makes us worry about our security, what we'll eat and wear tomorrow. He drew us to himself by dying on the cross and saying, assuring us that he is love that he loves us, that he would go to this extent to save us when we're destined for hell. In our sin, he died and rose again. He frees us from the fear of death and hell. And when we're unable to follow him because of our sinfulness, sinfulness of our hearts, he rose again and breathed his spirit into us that we might follow him. We might be changed from inside out, and he promises to bring a new creation, a whole new creation. He promises to bring that ultimate rest for all of us. So remember Jesus. Remember that he is the one who provided rest for us. And church, remembering him also is, I think, remembering that we can also provide rest for each other and to the world as well by pointing people to Jesus. We imitate Jesus. I, I hope tomorrow you will go back to work and you will work hard. And I hope you will bring that, that diligence to your work. And I hope you stand out because you are a good worker in your, in your workplace and I hope people ask, well, why do you work so hard? I hope you have an answer for that. I hope you'll be able to say, it's because of Jesus. It's because of our God. God has given us this dignity to work. He was a worker himself. And so I work following his example. But I hope you also insist that you rest and tell people why. Because you're not slaves. Because you're not machines. You're not beasts. You are God's good creation whom God has created and rescued and when you see people enslaved to bigger checks or status or frivolous display of wealth or upward mobility or whatever, I hope you can show them in the way that you live that you are no longer slaves to those things. And I hope you'll tell them that there is rest in Jesus, that he has given us everything that we ultimately need through him. I hope you'll be able to show and tell with your life and words. And I think we can bring rest 
to each other too. I mean, the world is struggling, striving, constantly working to produce more. How about to each other here? What if we treated each other here? Uh, not as somebody who just needs to produce more to, pr- uh, to, to get, uh, to be somebody. But we treated everyone as God's child, as somebody whom God has died for. If we, if we treated each, o- each other that way, wouldn't we get that sense of rest? You know, there are people like that. When you talk to these people, they make you feel just valuable, no matter who you are, no matter what your job is, no matter what your status is, no matter how much money you make or whatever. We're giving the gift of that rest to one another when we treat others in this way. Can we do that too? Can we bring rest to those who are suffering around us just as Jesus has done? There are people who are sick who could be visited. There are people who are lonely who could be invited just as Jesus opened up and he he provided that hospitality for us. Can we do that as well, when we know that our neighbors here, neighbors out there are struggling with money, maybe we can also give them a bit of rest by handing them an envelope or something. Um, when you see parents, mothers struggling uh, because they can't get a rest, maybe you can provide that rest. I mean, I'm saying all these things because actually these are things that people have done for us, for our family. Mary and I are so grateful for people here giving us rest that enjoying, that little Sabbath rest for us. And perhaps in the name of Jesus, as a church together, we can look around the needs of this neighborhood. And we're praying about that, aren't we? We're praying about how we can provide rest to this community. Maybe we can do that together as a church. Can we look around? Can we pray together and see where God is leading us to provide this rest for the world, for our neighbors Christian writer Jen Wilkins says, As Jesus offered spiritual rest for our souls, so also we offer rest for weary souls to those God has placed in our path. These little bits of rest that we receive from each other, these little bits of Sabbath rest that we celebrate on Sundays, in worshiping and celebrating, they're mere shadows of things to come. Jesus will bring an entirely different world, Uh, a a world that is soaked uh, with his presence. He will bring that Sabbath rest to the whole world. But as we await that coming, we can still enjoy little pockets, that bits of rest. And I hope you're enjoying that rest now. Knowing that God has created you. Knowing that God has sent his son to die for you. That you are not alone in this world. And I hope you'll provide rest for one another. And you'll bring that rest to your workplace and to your life tomorrow. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at the world around us, we see these idols. We see these false gods that use people, that enslave people, that treat people as beasts of burden, machines to produce more things. Lord, we thank you for creating us 
to be loved by you, to enjoy this goodness of all the things that you have created, to rule the world as kings and queens. Lord, we thank you that you have created us differently, that you are our God. And we thank you that when we were slaves, you have rescued us and made us your own. Lord, help us not to forget our identity. Help us to listen to your voice. Lord, help us to rest and help us to bring that rest into our life tomorrow as we go back. Lord, even as we worship you this morning, we pray that you, through the power of your spirit, you'll remind us of who you are, that we might rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.